Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. You're tuned in to another wonderful episode of The Image Show on 98.3 The Vibe. We've got some wonderful guests in the house this morning. We're going to start off with Pastor Philip Herman. Now, Pastor Herman is also the owner of the Renew Resale Shop on the north side in Highland Park of Des Moines. And some of you may heard the commercial that's played on 98.3 The Vibe. Uh, Pastor Philip Herman is a a pleasure to have you in the studios with us this morning. I want to say thanks for coming. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for allowing me to be here. So first of all, you've got a lot of great things that uh, you are actually uh, teaching in your Sunday school service. And I want to talk about that real quick because that's extremely important. Now, I know that... uh, Right now, we're on the lesson that deals with nonprofit organizations, people who are starting these organizations, and it kind of gets in depth. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Well, we're we're really working on how do we think biblically about the poor in a way that that we're doing things with the poor instead of doing things to and for the poor. And so we're diving into six weeks of just unpacking what all that means. Okay, great. And so kind of break down in a brief description what the content talks about. Sure. Well, <clears throat> we talk about um, how the poor can um, help themselves and we can come alongside of that. Um, how we can actually have the poor um, give something to us instead of us always giving to the poor. And um, we talk a lot about when we work with the poor, are we measuring outcomes or are we measuring activity? So are we measuring the amount of things that we did for the poor or the amount of pounds of food that we gave them or the number of people that attended? Are we actually measuring um, changing a life and the trajectory of a life? Sure. And that sounds like the focus of a lot of the uh, volunteering, a lot of the nonprofit is having the passion to actually want to help right. and helping from the heart. Right. That's right. Yep. And so it's... We talk about that um, this really isn't a transaction with the poor, so the Mm -hmm. poor aren't my client. Can we get to the place that we're working with the poor, that the poor are in relationship with me, and I'm in relationship with the poor? That's that's a different way that we're going to approach our work. Sure. And can you tell our listeners out there, uh, I get phone calls from people randomly who are looking to find a good church in the Des Moines area. Could you tell them a little bit about uh, some information as far as your address, service times, whatnot? Sure. Yeah, we're located at 4101 Amherst Street, right at the intersection of Amherst and Shawnee. Um, in Highland Park on the north side of Des Moines. Our service time is 9 o'clock. We uh, eat together at uh, 9.50, and then we do a Sunday school class starting at 10.05, and we're done by 11 o'clock. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing it straight out of the pastor's mouth. (laughs) Philip Herman with us on the Image Show this morning. You're tuned in to 98.3 The Vibe, The Image Show. And Pastor 
can you tell us just a little bit about the Renew and Resale, or excuse me, the Renew Resale Shop and some of the different things that you have going on? I mean, so we have a commercial running. If people listen to the ad and are able to uh, walk in the store, they'll receive a 10% discount just for saying that they heard the ad on the radio. That's correct. Yep. So the store is really about how do we have a dignified exchange with those that need um, some of the things that we have. So we've got everything from clothes to furniture to toys to household items. And and so we get those things donated. They're very nice things. Our ladies are kind of picky about things. And, um, and then we give it uh, a really affordable price and we put it out and we need customers. And But at the same time, we don't give anything away that we have in the store for free. So if a, a family comes in and said, hey, we're in a bad place, um, we, we've got $6 and the stuff costs $20, we say, well, anybody that's 14 and above, we have a standing policy that on any given day, you can volunteer for an hour and receive $12 of store credit. And, wow. and uh, we're the only store in Des Moines that I know of that has that type of a policy. So let me just back up for a minute. You just said that if there's someone that walks into the store, they don't have the money, and they still want the merchandise, you allow them the opportunity to volunteer. Yep. And what does that consist of? Well, sometimes that's cleaning. Sometimes that's helping us to go through donations. Um, sometimes that's straightening things around the store. Sometimes that's pricing things. It just depends upon what we've got on that day. And what type of items do you have in the store? Well, we've got some really wonderful toys. We've got books. We've got records. If those of you that are looking for some good records, we've got some really great records. Um, as I said, we've got lots of things for the household and men, women, children, baby clothes. And, um, and then we've got furniture. Great. All right. And, uh, you know, I've also had the privilege of working for you at that store. And so yes. I can vouch for that, that you are uh, not only a great store owner, but you have a passion for what you do. And thank uh, we you. thank you uh, on behalf of The Image Show. We thank you for all the work that you've put in and that you're putting in into the community. No, thank you, Robert. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to go to a quick commercial. But before we go to a commercial, Pastor Herman, can you give us uh, a telephone number, a website mm -hmm. address once again for those sure. out there listening? Sure. So um, if you want to reach the store, the store number is 515-444-8977. If you want to reach the church, it's 515-422-4386. If you want to learn a little bit more about us, you can go to our webpage, and that's at www.hpccdsm.org. And what time are your services? So again, the service times are Sunday morning, 9 o'clock, and then our Sunday school starts very shortly after 10 o'clock. All right. Pastor Philip Herman, ladies and gentlemen, on The Image Show. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll speak with our next guest. We'll be back after these messages. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on The Image Show. You're tuned in, locked and loaded into nothing but love. And we've got Valora James with us, our next guest in the studios this morning. And Valora is a young lady who holds the title of many hats. We're going to start off with the uh, co-chair uh, title that she holds for the 
many shades of color for young women. And we've got Valora James in the house with us. Valora, it's a pleasure to have you on the Image Show this morning. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, we finally made it. We're here. And it sounds like you've got some big things going on here. Tell us a little bit about it. Now step up to this mic here and make sure that we can all hear you in Central Iowa. All right, Central Iowa. So Hip Hope Inc. is in the house and we are um, hosting Hip Hope Inc. and Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield presents the Many Shades of Color Young Women's Conference. Now, this is a Know Your Worth conference, and we're coming through, and we're going to help these young ladies, encourage these young ladies, inspire these young ladies to be anything that they want to be. Well, you sound like you could do radio. Okay. (laughs) I mean, you sound like you're ready for commercials. I might be. We might need a voiceover from you by the time this is over. So tell us, first of all, Valora, What is Many Shades of Color? And when is the event taking place? And how did this all get started? So, Many Shades of Color Young Women's Conference is a Know Your Worth conference. It is, it will be held on March 7th, that is the first weekend of March, at Wellmark Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Iowa. How did this come about? So, Hip Hope Inc. does a Greater Des Moines conference for young men of color, and they have been going strong for about five years now, but Three years ago now, we decided we need to bring our young ladies in here. So we are struggling, and we're struggling emotionally. We're struggling from a social standpoint, a branding standpoint, academic standpoint, financial mm-hmm. standpoint. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to get out in front of everybody or in front of these young ladies, along with mentors, because we encourage mentors to come along with the conference, but to encourage them and let them know that you matter. And no matter That's what right. you go through, you can overcome anything. Amen. As long as you're determined and you put your mind to it. So that is how it came about. We've we seen a need in our communities and our surrounding communities where our young ladies are kind of struggling. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to give them a platform so that they can come and they can see other individuals like themselves who succeeded, who are still succeeding, and to let them know you matter and your voice matters. All right. Now, could I ask, uh, what are some of the topics that are going to be discussed? Ooh, a lot of different topics that are going to be discussed. All of them are going into the categories that I just discussed. So knowing your worth academically, socially, financially, um, emotionally, as well as some leadership components and community engagement. We're really strong on networking. That's important for their growth as well. But some of our workshops consist of the cards you were dealt. um, The cards you were dealt. That's good. The cards you were dealt, yes. Okay. And now just tell me a little bit about that. So they're in their workshops and um, they're talking about the cards that they are dealt, whether you're dealt some good cards, whether you're dealt some bad cards and they go through like the emotional stages of what it may do. It may take you down a spiral, but then it teaches you how you can overcome them. So we're all dealt different cards and it's just a matter of how we um, process that and how we overcome that. All right. Now, let's move directions just a little bit 
Tell me, um, is there a entrance fee? How do we sign up for this? For the girls and uh, women that are out there listening, how do we get signed up for this event? The conference is free. And that is free for 275 young women and 50 mentors. It is closed at this time. We are maxed out. Um, Okay, wait a minute. So it is completely booked up, meaning there is no more room for anyone. No. Unfortunately, that saddens my heart because I wish I could bring everybody now, into this Wait a minute. Why are we on the radio? What are we on the radio for if can't nobody come? <laughs> hey, Sweezy, what's going on here? We're right. here to brag about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. this is a no bragging brag moment okay. on here. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you hear about this event taking place, remember, the next one that comes around, we want to make sure that, number one, we get people signed up early. That's right. Okay. Number two, we got to make sure we got a big enough uh, place to hold enough people because it looks like you weren't prepared for all these people to really make this thing jump off like this this quick. Is that correct? No, that is not correct. We was actually prepared. We have a set number that we do every year to make sure that our workshops are intimate, that the girls can engage and interact, that they will open up. We provide safe spaces. And so we purposely put a number on there to make sure that they don't lose anything out of it, but that they gain everything out of it. All right. Well, hey, that makes a lot of sense. That kind of reminds me of our first Fridays that we have. You know, it's a five-man cold. So we only want five people, you know, in a chair on a panel. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that those five guys are getting all the attention that they need. Yes. So it kind of sounds like there's a similarity there. Yes. Yes. I I wish I can conquer the world and bring all the whole world involved into this. But unfortunately, we have to provide some safe spaces and we have to put some limits to it. But you never know what's coming in the future. Sure. Well, hey. This really sounds like the start of something big for young women out there. Yes. And can you tell us, uh, for some of the people that are already signed up, what's the age bracket? So the age bracket is 6th through 12th grade. And then, of course, your mentors are anybody that has graduated and above that are working with our young ladies, parents included. They need some assistance, too. So, um, yeah, we encourage All of our mentors, students between 6th and 12th grade, we host this every year. This is our annual, and it will be on the first Saturday of March. Every year. And how many years has this been in existence? This is our third year. Your third year, all right. Yes. Great. Well, hey, that's wonderful. I tell you, Valora, I'm glad that you took the time to come in here. Now, you are also the sister of Bo James. Yes. And Bo James is the director of Hip Hope. Is that correct? CEO. CEO. Okay. And uh, so this uh, shades or many shades of color is actually under the umbrella of Hip Hope. That that is correct. All right. Yes. Well, hey, we are definitely supporters of Bo James and Hip Hope, and so uh, we appreciate you taking the time to come on the Image Show this morning and let the audience know what's going on in Greater Des Moines. Yes, so y'all can go visit the website, hiphopeinc.org. You can see everything that Hip Hope is doing. Uh, We have 
all of our many shades has all their workshops and presenters all on there and then we have the whole platform of what hip hope is doing so come out hip hope inc dot org we do want to give a shout out to our sponsors uh polk county board of supervisor wells fargo and again we are presenting this alongside of wellmark blue cross and blue shield of iowa all right hey that was wonderful ladies and gentlemen i think that uh valora has stole the show but i think she has one more thing to say and she's anxious to get this out. So before uh, I get slapped in the face here in the studio, we got to let her make sure that she can say what she wants to say. I cannot leave this station. Bob got me over here laughing. Robert has me over here laughing. But I cannot leave this station without thanking my co-chair, Miss Valerie Jones, and all of my volunteers in the community that has come together to help support this amazing event. So thank you. Well, you're very, very welcome, and we thank you as well. Is there anything else that you would like to say to our audience? No, we just want to encourage everybody to continue surrounding, uh, keeping your arms around these young ladies, encouraging them, inspiring them, embracing them. Let them know that their voice matters and let them know that they belong at the table because they belong at the table. And so we encourage you as well to use your voice. Your voice matters. Amen. All right. And shouts out to Deidre DeGier because she was the one that planted this seed to make sure that you were on the show today. And she thought that this was very important and very worthy of discussion. So. Yes. Deidre DeGier, she is one of my, um, she inspires me as a woman. And yes, she came out on our first conference and she spoke to our young ladies, given that purpose. And so she's an amazing woman and one that, yeah, we should all be inspired and encouraged by as women. So I appreciate that, Deidre. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to our next guest. we got to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to speak with Lauren Huss, a.k.a. Sonny. We're going to get into some reentry talk. We'll be back after these messages. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. You're tuned into the Image Show. And with us now, we have Lauren Huss, a.k.a. Sonny. Uh, Sonny is an ex-felon convicted of murder, and after serving 15 years in Iowa prison, Sonny was released by reason of insanity. And uh, Sonny has also done a lot of homework and has studied and is very knowledgeable. And when it comes to mental illness... He will discuss mental illness and some different solutions that could possibly help. He'll uh, talk about some of the facts from an experience standpoint. And before we go there, I want to also tell you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we want to thank you all for tuning into Des Moines' number one show, The Image Show. We always have great guests. Last week, we spoke with a man by the name of Mark Johnson. And Mark spoke about barriers that ex-offenders face coming out of prison. Now, this is all reality, and we must be aware of what's taking place right here in our very own community of Des Moines. I mean, kids are being murdered. Uh, kids are getting pregnant. Uh, kids are raising kids. They're joining gangs. And they have the attitude of violence. 
and they just flat out don't care. They feel like the worst thing that could happen to them has already happened. These kids are getting out of control. And uh, what do I mean when I say the worst thing that could happen to them has already happened? You know, these kids, they don't fear much now. And we have to look at the reality and the fact that, you know, if you look at the average minority family, most of the kids growing up in that family have a mom or dad or uncle or brother or cousin who has been affected by the evil of prison reentry. Now, when I say the evil of prison reentry, uh, this includes both getting out of prison and then returning back to prison. And first of all, it hurts to watch a loved one go to prison, but to see them get out and return back to prison because they couldn't afford to survive, that hurts even more. I mean, the way the rules are set up right now, the cards are stacked against you so that when your typical inmate is released from prison, he is basically at not just a disadvantage, but it's almost impossible to succeed financially. Now, we talk about lowering recidivism. There's all this talk about how we need to lower recidivism, but we are not attacking the key issues. The prison system has become a game of monopoly. I truly believe this started with the war on drugs. That's when the prison population elevated. Now, we have kids all over the country who think it's cool to go to prison. They think it's cool to be released from prison. They get out with a chip on their shoulder, and they look for negative, tough man, hardcore attention that comes with prison mentality. And this type of catastrophic behavior elevates recidivism. It keeps the statistics high. It needs to stop. And believe me, my friends, when I say recidivism, I don't take that word lightly. So we all understand what recidivism is, let me tell you. It's when a person goes to prison, gets out, and then goes back to prison again. With us this morning is Lauren Huss. And Lauren is going to talk about mental illness. Lauren Huss, a.k.a. Sonny, it's a pleasure to have you on The Image Show with us this morning. Good morning, Robert. Thank you for having me. Now, Sonny, I know you've got a lot that you have taken in. I know that you came prepared this morning. So I want you to just kind of let it roll. Okay. Well, I think the best way to start, facts are stubborn things. So we'll just stick with the facts. That sounds good. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, in the nation, Iowa ranks 45th for number of mental health workers, 46th for number of psychologists, 47th for number of psychiatrists, and 50th for number of mental health beds. Now, you may ask, why does Iowa rank at the bottom of national polls? Well, there are a few reasons. Number one, in 2015, then-Governor Terry Branstead closed the mental health hospital in Clorinda. Also in 2015, Governor Branstead closed the mental health hospital in Mount Pleasant. Finally, in 2016, Governor Branstead closed the children's wing to Independence Mental Health Hospital. In 1955, Iowa had four mental health hospitals with 5,300 beds. 
In 2020, Iowa has two mental health hospitals with 96 beds. Also in 1955, we had three prisons with around 2,200 inmates. Today, we now have nine prisons with around 8,500 inmates and over 30,000 in community corrections. In 2008, the United States Congress passed the Mental Health Parity and Addiction Equity Act, which was a federal law that requires equal coverage of mental health and substance abuse treatment options to that of physical health treatments. Okay. And so now, tell me, why is all this, or tell our viewers why this is all so important? It's important because the mental health system in this state lacks tremendously, and that leads to incarceration. After folks are incarcerated, they get back out. You spoke of recidivism. 40% of people with mental illnesses recidivate within the first three years. So without treatment going in, without treatment in, once folks come out, it's clear what happens, and that affects the entire community. So tell us, how has this played a part in your experience involving the prison system? Well, when I got out of prison, I was in the, most of the mental health hospitals, and I have been in the majority of prisons in this state. And when I got out, I tried to find assistance. I tried to find help. I tried to find guidance to, you know, work, mental health facilities, treatment, uh, counseling, and it was very difficult. What, what made it difficult? Was it not out there? Was you not aware of the information? Uh, I mean, what part of this was so difficult? Exactly. The whole thing. There's no treatment available. And if I could just explain a little bit why there isn't any treatment available, it, it, it will become clear. In 2008, the United States Congress passed the mental health, like I was saying early, in Parity and Addiction Equality Act. As of today, Iowa insurance payments for mental health care are more than 50% lower than for primary health care. So right off the bat, you're not getting insurance coverage, especially for the people that need it most on Medicaid or the lower income or lower status folks that come out of prison. In fact, in October of 2018, Iowa was given an F grade for its mental health parity laws by the Kennedy Satcher Center for Mental Health Equity. So I guess in short, the community, you know, and state legislatures, advocates, and families all know we have a crisis in Iowa with mental health care. And I believe it's time to put pressure on the Iowa legislature to enact strong parity statutes in order to ensure that state regulators have a full set of tools to make parity a reality and to hold both state officials accountable and insurance companies. And this brings me to my second point as to why Iowa ranks at the bottom of national polls regarding mental health. As Bill Clinton once famously quipped, quote, it is in, it's the economy, stupid, unquote. Apparently, the state of Iowa values people based on their ability to produce in our current economic system, emphasizing output volume over the meaningfulness of one's contribution. 
Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to go to a quick commercial. Uh, when we come back, we're going to f- finish this conversation with Sonny. We are into some great discussion, but we've got to take a break. We'll be back right after these messages. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on The Image Show, and we've got Sonny with us. Sonny is breaking down the statistics. He's tying mental health into a lot of the things that we're lacking here in the state of Iowa and some solutions uh, that we can uh, be a part of to try to bring this thing back together. Right now, uh, Sonny, you were basically into uh, the poverty and uh, some different things that were affecting our uh programming for mental health. So uh, can you kind of retrack us back to where you were? Sure. I believe this all ties together with the economy and poverty per se, unemployment. uh, And basically, my point is with the state legislatures and the politicians of this state is that they look at people as individual profit maximizers. And the mentally ill can't make anybody any money they're, to society. They're just disregarded. But they can make money in the prison system with the corporations that are in there. They can sew. They can work at the prison industry shop. They can work at the tourist thing. There's a lot of things that they can do. So it looks like, and it's apparently, the state of Iowa is shuffling all the mentally ill into the prison system because there they can make money for the state of Iowa. They can make money for the corporations. So what better place to have them? And this is your opinion, correct? Yes, it certainly is from okay. from a bit of experience, yes. From a bit of experience. <laughs> Fifteen years of experience, per se. Okay. So where does all this leave you know, us that are diagnosed with a mental illness or you know, out here trying to make it? And that would bring me to my third point and the final point, namely that how poverty and incarceration and mental illness form what I call the axis of evil in our society. It, it's kind of like what Martin Luther King said in his Riverside Church address. He said that, uh, quote, the evils of racism, economic exploitation, and militarism are all tied together. And you really can't get rid of one without getting rid of the others, unquote. Historically, in the United States, people who were labeled as deviant or unproductive, dangerous, unworthy, and unfit were killed by the police force or arrested and incarcerated in large, segregated institutions. These institutions included asylums, prisons, jails, internment camps, poorhouses, and many other facilities. People with disabilities, LGBTQ plus people, poor or homeless people, immigrants, black, brown, and indigenous people of color, orphaned children, and other marginalized people were the ones to be subject to mass surveillance and confinement. Now this is an important note coming up. This is crazy to me. This is really... Off the chart. This This is is, off the scale. This is interesting. The United States has 5% of the world's population, but it contains 25% of the world's incarcerated population. America has approximately 2.5 million people locked down, with another 8 million people on parole, probation, or work release. So according to the Iowa Department of Corrections' own internal data, 
The total number of inmates suffering from a serious or chronic mental health disorder constitute 57% of the prison population. Wow. Further, according to the United States Department of Justice, the DOJ, jail inmates with mental health problems constitute 64% of the prison population nationally. The consequences, you know, are just... It's staggering, and it's led to litigation in the United States Supreme Court, Brown v. Plate. It's a 2011 case. A hearing was held on January 24, 2013, by then-Iowa Senator Tom Harkin, and he was the chairman of the Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. And I'd just like to quote something from him that's rather astonishing from this hearing, this congressional hearing. Quote, mental health conditions are sometimes called the nation's silent epidemic. Mental illness affects one in four Americans every year. But despite this prevalence, there's still a stigma attached with mental illness. And that stigma results in too many people suffering in silence without access to the care that can significantly improve their lives. Stigma also can stop workers from requesting and getting accommodations that can help them be more productive at work. I've known so many instances of people who are afraid to do anything because they might lose their job or they wouldn't get promoted because of that stigma that's attached, unquote. And so that brings us in to the employment realm. And I guess now I'd like to quote from the Alice Report, the Alice Report is a report that was conducted by United Way, Rutgers University economist and United Way. And ALICE stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. And so these are low-paying jobs that people have and have little or no savings and are one emergency away from falling into poverty. Some of the statistics from ALICE, it's like 66% of Iowa jobs pay less than 20 dollars an hour. So if you have a family or if you have children, you have to have health care, you have to have insurance, you have to have transportation. There's no way in this present economic system people can survive on what they're making. It's obvious, it's clear to the community at this point. It should be clear to the community. You know, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think that that was wonderful. Thank you very much for breaking all that down. Uh, you know, that was great, Sonny. I appreciate that. Do you have something else to go with that in what you were saying? Or were you finished? If I could just briefly. Go ahead. Martin Luther King's birthday was last month. And I listen to radio and the TV. And the, I never hear anybody speaking like Martin Luther King spoke. <laughs> Here's another one of Martin Luther King's quotes. He implored people to, quote, question the capitalistic economy, unquote. And he insisted, quote, we can't solve our problem now until there is a radical redistribution of economic and political power, unquote. So in my humble opinion, we need a unified political force. We need prisoners and their families, workers, consumers, pensioners, students, the disabled, the foreclosed homeowners, evicted tenants, debtors, and underemployed and immigrants to join as one. And we need to educate folks and we need to organize. We need to mobilize to democratize the enterprise. 
All right. All right. I like that. Man, that was wonderful. You know, Sonny, the first time you came on this show, I was a little skeptical. And, you know, I thought to myself, maybe this guy's got a few screws loose. But, you know, after sitting here hearing you break all that stuff down, I must say, uh, you are a very sharp man. And I appreciate what you brought to the Image Show this morning. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about out of time. And uh, before we go, uh, not only do I really appreciate guys like Sonny coming on the Image Show and expressing uh, the need uh, for change and, uh, you know, uh, talking about the problems that are going on, because reentry is a huge topic in our state right now, in our country for that matter. And uh, so, uh, speaking of that, I also want to send a special shout out to some of those men and women that were at the Iowa State Capitol in Des Moines uh, over this past week. We had a great time. Uh, we were able to uh, present some bills. We were able to uh, talk to uh, Congress leaders and really get into some meat and ingredients of laws and talk about a lot of the problems. Uh, I know that child care was a major issue that the United Way was really fighting hard for and Elizabeth Buck and a lot of those great people at the United Way were able to uh, make some strong impact and get some things changed. And so uh, there are some things being done here in our uh, state and I think that we just need more people to continue to keep listening and keep stepping out on faith and doing something about it. Hey, this is Robert Pate. I love you all. We've got to go for now. We'll see you next week here on The Image Show.